0: All right. welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast episode 192 Altai joined this week by Remo all right and we got a riveting exciting week a lot of activity E3 is happening every day has been a you know whole bunch of stuff coming out and um all right pop quiz
1: does what, what does E3 stand for Altai go Electronic Entertainment Expo all right, all right all right all right you got it you got it got We're it past- Good this, for you. It's
0: a, it's a, it's like the granddaddy, right, of these conventions. You know, there's like yeah. PAX is, there's like PAX now. There's like Game something, Gamescom, Game GDC, Dev, yeah, all this stuff. E3 has been going on for a long. I remember reading about E3 each year on, um, in the magazine we used to get, electronic, electronic
1: Gaming Monthly. Electronic Gaming Monthly, yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is, has always been the granddaddy of big reveals for whatever reason. You know, you still get announcements at PAX, at GDC, and stuff, but it seems like the biggest announcements are still saved for E3. It's, it is it is probably like the longest-running, biggest convention for for this you know, this kind of event. So we got a lot of big events this week to talk about. E3 is definitely going to be dominating the, the topic of discussion for this podcast. So what should we start with, Altai?
0: Well, actually, a few days before E3, we had another big announcement in the world mm-hmm. of gaming, and that was by Google. Google had their uh, big Stadia, I don't know, convention. connect. They called it a Connect Announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced some of their pricing. It's like $10 a month for their premium. And if you don't want that, you can also buy games individually if you want to, you know, stream them. Um, a couple big big games were associated with it. Uh, one of them being uh, Baldur's Gate 3, which is uh, yeah, blast from our past. Maybe I'll try it. Uh, Omar and I played Baldur's Gate 2 when we were little younglings. Um, I don't know. So it seems here and and, 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 and uh, to tie that to E three a little bit, uh, a couple big companies also announced streaming. Initiatives, whether it's Xbox, even Ubisoft is getting on the play. Okay, but Ubisoft is is crazy. They think people are going to pay $15 a month for just Ubisoft game streaming. (laughs) I I don't know where they're that idea when you can pay like $10 to like, you know, Xbox or whatever and get a lot more. But uh, it's kind of weird. But uh, all right, so what do you think of this whole streaming Hubble
1: Blue? I think if done right, it's going to change the game. Like the biggest benefit of streaming, I think, is if they can make the gaming experience seamless. If I could be like, yo, Canaris, sup, brah? Here, let's play this game. And I drop a link, and he clicks on it, and within two seconds from clicking on my link, he's already going to lobby with me ready to play. If, you know, if we can eliminate those loading times, just drop a link and get anyone to play any game that's already running on the cloud. Like, if they can make that experience seamless, that part would be amazing. I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't think any of the state stuff is trying to do that. But that's the only aspect of, uh, of of game streaming that sounds exciting to me.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the burden to gaming right or especially online with friends uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to things like loading downloads everything is a big burden i mm-hmm. remember thinking like 15 years ago when i was like okay games are all going free to play this is amazing you know nobody mm-hmm. all my friends can play we can play together but now i realize even though when the games are free i'm like hey x play this game with me it's free they'll be like ah it's not on steam it's 50 gigs like there's so many <laughs> like, there's so many excuses now besides the cost before i was like i don't have the money i don't want to pay 40 30 for this game right okay fair enough but now even though the game is free people still don't want to play with you because they gotta download it they gotta you know
1: yeah
0: it ruins a day one day gone everyone getting the game ready patching it fixing it you know so if you could just drop a link like you said and uh, you know everyone just kind of clicks into the link like a browser and boom they're playing you know uh, that's gonna make things a lot more smooth maybe they'll come up with more excuses than <laughs> who knows um uh, but for now, Although I
1: appreciate uh, sure they just don't want to play games, <laughs> the shitty games with you. I'm pretty sure that's the reason. Because I try to get my buddies to play really bad games with me all the time. And, like that's the excuse they used to. Hey, I got to download it. But I think one of the biggest problems is like, it's not the whole day gone. Obviously, you're kind of exaggerating. But the thing is, like, like, if you have like six friends on Discord, four or five friends, and like you all want to play a game, and one guy is like, he tries to install the game, he gets like a DirectX error or some bullshit error, and it just doesn't work. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that's also kind of a roadblock to like playing a game together. And streaming can potentially fix that if everything just runs on, you know, the cloud.
0: Yeah, it's just one more friction point that will potentially, you know, be gone, uh, which is which is good, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. Now the subscription prices to begin with uh, are a little little interesting because I think that is another barrier in the way, right? But I but think it won't be
1: because they have a free version.
0: They do, but does does that include free games or is it just a piece by piece thing?
1: Well, it, it it you still have to buy the games, but then yeah. includes uh, you still get 1080p streaming with 60fps. Yeah, you got to buy know. the game though.
0: What, what I want to yeah. see is free to play streaming. And, and then I think it will happen because there's so much competition. Uh, Microsoft is pushing hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Sony's pushing hard. And Google's trying to get in hard. So I think they're going to actually compete with each other and offering one free... Imagine like a game that's totally free to play, free to stream. One, one- there's already
1: like hundreds of free to play games like Dota 2, but, CSGO, but to stream. So, okay. League of Legends. So imagine Google- All these games are already free to play. Right.
0: But, so imagine Google Stadia says, use our service to stream Google for free." Uh, to Dota for free.
1: Well, Dota's already free. No, you, can already no. use, you can already use Google Stadia to stream Dota. Can you? They yeah, can't. the free ver the free version of Google Stadia. Why Why wouldn't it be able to play Dota two? It's
0: not. Is it? Is it part of their service? It's, it's, remember, uh-huh. Google Stadia costs the money to run. I know.
1: So I don't, I, I, I was under the pressure that what you Google you can use Google Stadia and then you buy games on there, but the free to play games would be on there for free as well. That's not what I heard. Oh, well, much love, towing for the two hundred biddies. Much love.
0: Yeah, I I don't think they're gonna just off what. So it's gonna be like so all these free games just gonna just be offered. for Google's just gonna eat the cost forever.
1: I was under the impression that's what they were doing, and, and and the reason behind that was they wanted to push users into their paid premium option. Oh, okay. if you have to, if you can't play free to play games on the default Google Stadia, that, that's to be kind of lame.
0: No, I, I think they're gonna have to partner one by one, uh, I, and you're right. Know, Valve might partner with them because they're a big company, but I don't think it's gonna be like a default.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it would be really silly if you can't play existing free to play games on there. Right. It would well, really be a buzzkill, I
0: think. So what do you think of people that are complaining? Uh, so, okay, here's another thing. The MMORP, you know, MMO players have been kind of mm-hmm. ahead of the curve here, right? Mm-hmm. To us, you know, a streaming service. Well, not streaming, but like, you know, a game is a service. You pay every month. Uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty normal, right? So we don't yeah. mind. So uh, Maybe we have a blind spot to this. But I know a lot of people online on Reddit and stuff are complaining a lot about these streaming services now because they're saying, well, you know, we're going to lose ownership of our games,
1: right? We we haven't had ownership of our games since Steam and all of the platforms took off, you know? Come on, you don't own Shift; it's on Steam anyway.
0: Well, that's what I always thought. Like, uh, to me, uh, you know, it's not like I own WoW. They always change the game. I'm paying every month if I want to play it. Mm -hmm. I'm not really holding anything, you know, like a disc. Yeah. Um, So to me, it's kind of and then when did it well come out? Two thousand four. Two thousand four. So, right. So for me, it's never been a big, you know, hasn't been a big deal since you know for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you think there's anything to this uh, to this point of view? I, I kind of want to dismiss it out of hand. You know, these people are just entitled. What 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 do, we, what do you mean? You own, you know, Crash Bandicoot? Who cares? Like, why do why do you want to own Crash Bandicoot? Just play the
1: game. I think people are stuck in the in, in the era where they bought a game at GameStop or Walmart and they had the physical disc for that game. And I do we're losing that. Like that's definitely going away. More and more games now digital. And when it's digital, it's kind of you know beholden. You know, basically, you, know, you don't own a physical copy of it. You can't easily transfer it the way you could before. I mean, they have a point, but at this, you know, for most people that are playing PC games already, it's already kind of a foreign concept. You know, you're playing. I'm playing F Fourteen. I don't own F Fourteen. I pay monthly to access it. You know, can't transfer anything. You, know? you don't even own your account technically. You know, Square Enix owns everything, and you you don't have the right to transfer your account to somebody else. Like there is no ownership with MMOs, especially or any online games already. So I don't know. They're they're stuck in the past. I think. Yeah. i'm
0: dismissing it too. I'm, yeah, I'm i don't know i'm totally totally dismissive ready it.
1: all those concerns dismissed gone gone Run away of dismissed f- like that fake concerns all right fake news fake news <laughs> i mean okay did they say the
0: xbox would have the new uh, disk drive the new xbox yes both new consoles will have yep. um this drive and both new consoles are actually pretty similar they're both going to use the same zen 2 cpu the same navi gpu um which is good, you know, so basically the only difference between Xbox and PlayStation is going to be, you know, do you like green or blue better, I guess, for like your background when you launch the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <All right. laughs> They're both going to use the same Azure cloud to deliver the games, to stream the games at you. Um, so, again, I mean, the only difference
1: is going to be blue or green. So, you know, take your pick. Uh, unrelated, but just mentioned a comment in, uh, in chat over here. It seems that it's too much of a pain to get to a point in FF Four that we can play it together with somebody. Which is an interesting point, because pretty much, I think pretty much every MMORPG today like, from the get-go, like, right when you start playing the game, you really can't play with your friends for a while. Like, you have to go through all these tutorial quests, basic quests, and auto-mission quests before you can even start playing together. And if you contrast it to, like, you know, uh, even even World of Warcraft Vanilla or EverQuest, right when you start playing the game, you can just leave town and kill orcs together, like, rats together. A lot of old games, including an old-school runes game and stuff, like, you can play with friends much sooner than you can with, you know, any modern-day RPG.
0: And, um, yeah, so uh, Kit Kat says, uh, aren't they adding NPCs? Like if I have 11, I think, did we talk about this somewhere? I think you yeah, We talked f- about it last week with yeah. the trusts. Yeah. yeah, so there's a whole spiel about this, and it's basically now there's no
1: reason to group with people,
0: especially at the yeah. low levels, um, even up to max level until you get to the real content, I guess.
1: Um, even at max level, I mean, a lot of the stuff you do is like leveling roulettes, uh, expert roulettes, which are basically done for dailies. You can do one of those every single day to get like certain seals and rewards in the game. Even those, there'll be no reason to do them with other players. The only content you'll have to you you require to do with other players if you want to complete it be the savage content.
0: You know it's a funny development over the last ten years in MMOs, where the genre went from being like the most social slash multiplayer kind of you know mm-hmm. cooperative genre to the least. I remember uh, trying to get my girlfriend to play Maple Star with me one time, like, mm-hmm. like two, okay, only a year ago, right. And mm-hmm. then she's like, "Oh, an MMORPG. I, I don't usually play those. This will be fun. We can play together." I, I laugh. Like, I scoff. Like, <laughs> play together? <laughs> what do you mean? We're gonna be like, you're gonna be sitting there alone, and you're, we're all gonna be totally different parts of the universe with different you know classes. We're gonna yeah. be leveling solo until like 200 something. We're never gonna see each other. <laughs>
1: You're right. It's really sad. I mean, every time I play MapleStory with friends, it was always, we were leveling on our own in different places. I mean, the only cooperative part about MapleStory for me recently is I was playing with my buddy Chaos Shield and a few other friends on Discord. We'd be playing and just be on the same Discord channel. That was like the level of multiplayer in modern MRPGs. You know, you just, you talk with the friends on Discord while playing the same game. That's it. But you can do that. You're with not any, actually playing together. Yeah, you can do that with any genre. I,
0: I would say Counter Strike is more of an MMO than like any MMO
1: today, because well, in terms of I'm actually playing with massively
0: yeah. multiplayer. The, the, the second the second M there is very important. People people focus on the first M. You know, people give a shit for saying like certain games are MMOs, right? But because mm-hmm. they say it's not massively, but they forget the second M there, multiplayer. Now these the MMOs today are not multiplayer. You get to max level by yourself, and then if you want, you can chat with people. That that's not an M, you know that, that's not multiplayer. So counter Strike is more of an MMO
1: than Maple Story, guys. I'm calling it right here. Called called. Uh, I, I do I do wish a lot of these MMORPGs had a greater emphasis on multiplayer content. Like th- there should be a reason to play with your friends. I mean, even even you play Final Fantasy 14, yes, if you help your friends who are new to the game, you you could you could play with them, right? Like generally, the experience leveling up from 1 to max level in Final Fantasy 14 is pretty much done solo. If you have more players, it doesn't really help the process. It, it just it just, you know, it takes a long time. Mhm. I remember leveling 1 to 70 myself completely solo. And most of my friends who played the game did it solo as well. So it, and, and there's very little player interaction until you reach max level.
0: Indeed. Well, a few people in mm-hmm. chat have mentioned it. So I think it's a good time as any to uh, bring it up. We had a huge, unexpected announcement from um, E3, I think, yesterday or the day before. It was uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is finally, finally coming to the West because Microsoft has too much money and they don't know what to do with it. So I, I assume they're paying Sega to bring this 8-year-old game. So it's going to come out in 2020 in the West, in America. It came out in 2012 originally. So this 8-year-old MMORPG is finally coming to the West because Microsoft decided to pay Sega to bring it here. It would be a Microsoft uh, Xbox uh, console exclusive. It, it will also be available on PC, guys. Mm-hmm. So no no PS, no PlayStation version. Um,
1: well, Altair, say what you will about Fantasy uh, Star Online too, though. At least because it's one of those instance dungeon, persistent hub-style games like Vindictus, like Dragon Next, like those kind of games, like DFO, there's gonna be more multiplayer in that game than probably Final Fantasy XIV or any modern MMORPG because you will be doing those missions with other players. I imagine a lot of the early ones you do it solo anyway. That's true, and it's true. With all these kind of dungeon-style
0: games, mm-hmm. people, people kind of people. Again, certain people say even those are not real MMOs, right? They'll say mm-hmm. that's not an MMO. It's an instance, you know, let stages. But again, the second yeah. M, boys, you're forgetting the second M. You right? don't don't lose track of the second M by focusing on the first M. <laughs> Alright.
1: I think I mean PSO2 is definitely a little late. Again, the game came out, I'll get this, in two in 2012 in Japan. Yeah, yeah. By the time it comes out in, in the US, in English, it'll be eight years old. Eight years old by the time it comes out. So it, it's so dated, right? But the game is actually surprisingly successful. I mean, people kind of brush this one off. But PSO2 is kind of a big deal in the MO world. It's one of the high it's it's definitely one of the highest grossing MORPDs that you probably have never heard of. Because I remember looking at the Sega earnings reports and Fantasy Star Online 2 is always listed as like the top contributor to their like revenues. So PSO2 has been a huge success in Japan. It makes a lot of money for Sega. Now, it doesn't mean it's gonna make a lot of money in the West when it launches, but it's a big game. It's a successful game. We just don't hear a lot about it because it's basically Japan exclusive right now. So I think I think it could do well. I mean it's got a few things going for it. It's got a lot of content, a shit ton of mission stuff to do. But the cosmetics are really good. Really good. They put a good emphasis on like on fun social emotes and cosmetics. And those are really fun parts about MRPGs for me. I really like that Final Fantasy XIV and pretty much any PG. So you got really good emotes, lots of cosmetics, and there's just a ton of shit to do. So I'm, I'm rooting for it, but because it's eight years old, I'm not sure it'll do well. Because I think a lot of hardcore fans that wanted to play are already playing it. There are so many guides on how to play it in English in the Japanese version. Pretty sure there's translation stuff out now too.
0: It is very strange that it's coming on Xbox on the console side because you'd think mm-hmm. uh, more of the you know, gamers who like the Japanese games are going to be on the PlayStation side. But I mean, was,
1: Xbox just threw money at them, you know?
0: Yeah, but luckily, again, it is PC as well. And also, fun fact, guys, it's going to be cross-platform PC and uh, Xbox. So, same mm-hmm. same server, same, you know, stuff. That's pretty cool.
1: So, yes, yeah, so are they going to make a change to the premium model for the Western release? I'm not sure. It is going to be free to play here in the West, but beyond that, we don't know how they're going to monetize, if it'll be too different from the Japanese version or not. So, we'll have to wait and see for that. I'm hoping it does well, though. I mean... It's also, um, they have their own engine as well. And I, I realized after playing PSO2, like how much of a benefit it is to develop your own engine for your own game. Like I've played a lot of Unreal Engine 3, Unreal Engine 4, and you know, a lot of these MO engine games, and, and they really feel good. The good thing about PSO2 is it feels really smooth. And I think one of the reasons for that is it, it, it has its own engine. And it makes a difference when you build your own game with your own engine, it was designed for that game.
0: Yeah, I, I think it will do well. I think you're right. Because also remember, the competition for this genre our games like you know Dungeon Fighter Online, which is also mm. old, really old.
1: Vindictus um, is really old as well. Yeah,
0: Vindictus is not, not 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 quite as old. It might actually when did Vindictus come out? It's a good question. Probably two thousand six, my guess. Six? No way. It's not that. old. Look.
1: Vindictus? I'm going to look.
0: No, I think you're wrong.
1: No, two thousand ten. I'm way wrong. Yeah, two thousand ten. Still, two thousand ten in, 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 in NA. All right. Okay. Korea so, also two thousand ten.
0: Okay, so that's what nine years old. This
1: is eight years yeah. old.
0: So, so the competition is not really uh, fresh either. So I think it will find a. A nice audience
1: but the problem is imagine they launch vindictus today on steam like or in america right or the west i don't think it's going to do particularly well i mean this 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 it's an old game just re- I, I don't know vindictus, vindictus is not particularly popular i mean the only next game that's actually really popular in the west is maple story one you know everything else has kind of fallen off including vindictus
0: that's true
1: i mean we'll see i mean we really haven't had too many mmo announcements at e3 so all time curious what is what, what has been your your favorite e3 announcement big My e3 news
0: my favorite e3 news it's a good question i'm gonna to have to give it to a a spoiler here all okay. right and this is because it's kind of related to this story actually because uh again microsoft has too much money and they've just got to waste it okay so if okay. you thought bringing an eight-year-old game was kind of odd uh think about this crossfire x is coming to consoles in 2020 starting with xbox why so, what exactly why so this is a pay to win straight-and-straight straight, uh, Korean shooter that makes 99% of its money in China. And it makes mm-hmm. a lot of money. This game is usually competes with League of Legends for number one spot on the annual revenue list uh, for PC games. So over a billion dollars a year this game brings in. Almost all of it is from China. And it's total pay-to-win, um, but in good Chinese and Asian fa- fashion, they, they just keep throwing game modes in. Okay, So there's like a vehicle mode. There's a zo- it was one of the first <laughs> games to do a zombie mode. Um, there's underwater zones. So... Good for them. There's golden bullets. There's golden guns. You can buy a gun that shoots golden bullets and one-shots people and they like 10-shot you because you got like golden armor on. So it's it's good stuff.
1: I remember I played this game recently, uh, through the Western version on PC. And there was like a $60 AK you could buy. Like $60 for one gun. And they can buy like attachments for it too. Like you get the full kitted out AK costs like a hundred bucks. So there are very obvious pay-to-win elements on the PC version at least. We'll see if the Xbox version, uh the Crossfire X. Is the same way but I, I don't know this game just look at this it, beautiful it is, screenshot it, yeah. like
0: what does this remind you of <laughs> they, they just copied counter-strike and made a pay-to-win
1: there you go that's, that's all you need pay-to-win counter-strike yeah great game great game
0: of course the trailer has absolutely zero gameplay all see C- all really pretty garbage see CGI because um, they don't want you to see I suspect now again it's a new title it's called Crossfire X but I suspect it won't be a new game. I think it'll just be uh, Crossfire mm-hmm. at like maximum settings, I guess. But mm-hmm. that's it.
1: All right, interesting. I would it, say my favorite announcement is probably the Shadowbringers, but I've already talked about that before. So nothing really new came out at E3. We did get the new trailer, which I strongly recommend you watch if you've already seen it. The launch trailer for Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers is pretty hype. Yeah,
0: it's a nice story trailer. Uh, I couldn't, Amari and I watched it uh, before we streamed. And uh, a lot of lot of you know proper nouns being thrown around. Something about like these angels and uh, <laughs> the story was kind of hard to follow. Um, but we'll see how it is.
1: Listen, I am really hyped for it, and I'm really hoping. The thing is, with every expansion, it seems the Final Fantasy XIV we're basically thrown into a whole new place, right? So from the base game to uh, you know Heaven's Ward. I mean, obviously the world is still connected and related, right? But the events are kind of like kind of they're still kind of separated because everything we did in Heaven's word was, you know, was was an Ishgard and everything with Stormblood was in, you know, was in the Domo, Domo and stuff. So like it, it was all kind of compartmentalized. So Square Enix has a chance to kind of tell a story, like from, from from like starting fresh with every single expansion, right? And I'm hoping that they do a good job with uh with the reset almost with the with the story in in Shadowbringers because it's literally taking place in like a parallel world. All right. So like they don't have to bring a lot of the old baggage with them. I mean, there's still obviously big themes that are interconnected, which are always going to be the case. But I really didn't like the story in Stormblood. I really didn't like it. But I like but I love the story in Stormblood. In, 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 uh, in, um, in, sh- um, in Heaven's War. I love the story in Heaven's War. I didn't like Stormblood. So I'm hoping they do a good job of Shadowbringers. So maybe good, bad, good. You know, we'll go back to good this time. And even the theme. Of being the warrior of darkness that's kind of the theme of this this most recent expansion for Shadowbringers. and throughout the entire game we've, we were the warrior of light you know we were basically representing hydaelyn which is the god which is we you know we were known as the god of light you know essentially the good guys right so now we're going to be playing as or becoming the warrior of darkness we're utilizing the power of darkness to, to do what we need to do in this new world and obviously this new world is plagued by too much light another issue is coming with you know so it's almost like opposite of the world we're in in final fantasy 14 right now so there's a lot they could do with that idea it's a really cool premise and I'm just hoping that they do a good job with it. I mean, it, it's where it's, Enix; it's anything can happen. They can completely drop the ball with it. But the premise, I think, is really amazing. And I'm just I'm hyped to see where it's going to go because if they, if they can if they can do a good job the way they, do, they did with Heaven's Word, I'll be I'll be mega hyped.
0: Yeah. Uh, all I heard was a lot of British accents during the story trailer. So, mm-hmm. hope, hopefully, the good guys and the bad guys, the bad Brits and the good Brits, fight it out. We'll see who wins.
1: It just, if I mean, anyone that played through Stormblood, I really hated the good versus evil dynamic where, like, the Empire, and, uh, they were, they were so obviously the bad guys, and there were literally zero way to sympathize with them, like, there was no black and white at all, it was purely one-sided, where, if you played through Heaven's Word, you know, throughout the entire story of Heaven's Word, it was gray, you know, you totally understood why the dragons were pissed off when they killed all the humans, like, in fact, you understood their point, like, while you were trying to, like, fight against them, like, wait a minute, maybe these guys are right, the humans are the douchebags, right, like, throughout the entire time you could sympathize with it and no point that we feel that in um in stormblood and i'm hoping with shadowbringers we try to figure out like okay this is not obviously black and white this is, you know there's a reason why the bad guys are doing what they're doing i'm really hoping they can deliver that and with the idea of being the warrior of darkness with embracing darkness they could they could do something really cool with it and the premise is there and it's up to square enix to do a good job with it
0: Wow. so you're pretty invested in the story i remember playing the Battle for Azeroth story in WoW, and it was just kind of next, 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 next.
1: <laughs> no, I, I I, read every, like, main story dialogue in the game uh, from when I first started playing, you know, from the base game to all the expansion. I, I read all the main story quests, some of the side quests. I, I, next, next, next is some of the side quests I didn't want to read. But I feel like I'm invested at this point. I really didn't like Stormblood, though. There's so much of Stormblood I didn't like. And so many, like, I, I had to roll my eyes in the story so many times, and I'm going to complain about one quick part where, like, Squanch really drops the ball on a lot of little details. There's one scene where this girl has amnesia, right? And she was like really evil before she had amnesia. Now she's got amnesia, so like you know you you don't want to kill her, right? You don't execute her because she has amnesia. Maybe she's not responsible for the evil deeds she did before because she's a new person with amnesia, and like. She, you know you basically told to like always she's she's done 24 7 surveillance so she can't run away so she for, for some reason she wanders away and she escapes from the guards like just kind of wanders on off on her own and you have to go rescue you have to find out like what happened how'd she get away you rescue her you bring her back And like listen you can't be running off on your own we got double the security and then even more guards looking after this woman right and then literally within like three minutes she wanders off again and escapes all the guards like she's not trying to escape just literally walks away all you know like how is this possible that she could just walk away i mean if she was trying to escape that was different but the story made it clear she just kind of walked away and nobody realized it like twice back to back there's so many dumb little things that screens like just kind of like i don't know how it gets past like quality control for like basic non-baca writing but there's I, a lot of little details they screw up completely <laughs> I, I hate that's what i tell everybody who actually
0: reads stories in mmos there's only two people reading it the guy who wrote it and you. <laughs> uh, no, the, the, listen, obviously, there's pop- more because I've, I've told this to more than one person, right? So there has to be more than one, mm-hmm. two people. But
1: listen, they're, they're, this is the lowest writing there is because the, the, the people writing it know that almost nobody is going to write it. I, I, I agree with you when it comes to most of RPGs. When it comes to Final Fantasy XIV, I disagree because if you, you know, most Final Fantasy fans play the series for the story, right? Whether it's the PC games, whether it's the console games, or the old games, so a lot of people playing Final Fantasy, unlike other MMOs, are playing for the story. I mean, obviously, when I play, you know, Gunzu, or I play these random-ass, you know, PC MMORPGs, you know, I'm not reading the story. In most MMORPGs I play, I'm skipping past all of it, and I think most people watching this, the stream are the same way. But there's a few games that, if you care about, you're going to read the story. And the 14 has a disproportionate number of players that are invested and in interested in the story. Okay, but well what is this? So is that a one percent? Is it two percent? Or is, uh, no, no, I'm th- talking like at least twenty-five percent. At least bare minimum. they are reading the raid. That are reading, that are reading uh, completely every every piece of dialogue from start to finish. And twenty-five percent read all of it, and then maybe even another twenty-five percent that read most of the main story quests. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna X to doubt that, but well, we'll maybe we can get some stats one day. I mean. Um, that that's just that's just my my gut yeah, feeling. Yeah. I mean, most of my people, most of most of my friends who play the game, they they read through the main story. We'll see. We'll I, I I mean, again, doubt doubt. Really, doubt. There there are some really really weird things they they choose to do in the story in, in, the story in Final Fantasy XIV. But their writing style is actually pretty interesting. They do a lot of uh, old English stuff, which comes off a, a bit weird sometimes. But it, it's different. It's interesting. You know, you, you learn a lot of new words when you read the story in Final Fantasy XIV. All right.
0: Yeah, they are a little over the top, I feel, with the vocabulary and that British accents. Why does everybody have to have this like this like aristocratic British accent? <laughs> you know, like come on, like, you need some some flavor in there, like Swedish accents for the elves or something. Or the Cat people, you know?
1: Yeah, people so A lot of people do love the Final Fantasy 14 story as well. I mean, obviously my friend Kaishov hates it. I actually really like some parts of it, but overall I'm pretty I'm pretty I have mixed feelings about it. Where some people completely love it, so I don't think it's ever fair to completely dismiss it outright. Especially because a lot of people are, you know, going into it with like, "Oh, it's Final Fantasy," and that kind of makes them want to read it and makes them like, obviously, uh, positively biased towards liking it too.
0: Has the Final Most- Fantasy? Here's the thing.
1: Okay, I could agree with you like like 20 years
0: ago, but there hasn't been a good Final Fantasy story since FF10. Okay, like that was the last time they actually tried something original. I feel like the rest were just you know just Garbo. I remember um, watching you play 13. Uh, we tried to play 15 in a little bit. I mm-hmm. mean, come on! Like the Empire, the Empire. That's that's all they got left. Every 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 <laughs> every Final Fantasy he puts up. And that's what I hear.
1: <laughs> Listen, I did I didn't think uh, I didn't think thirteen was that bad. As, as bad as everyone made it out to be, but I agree. What was not like it was not even on the same caliber as anything before ten. Like even no seven, eight, nine, ten. They're, they're all just infinitely better. I would say than than uh, twelve and thirteen. Uh, I, I played through twelve and thirteen completely. Uh, I didn't play uh only thirteen the base version. Didn't play uh, Lightning Returns, or the other one and I didn't play through 15. I I actually Final Fantasy 15 was the only Final Fantasy game that I bought started and never finished.
0: Yep. Well, maybe we'll see more empires next time and then that'll be good. 102.
1: Don't don't get me started on 102. Right, I get that shit out of here. We we don't we pretend 102 doesn't exist, all right? Yeah, all the care.
0: spin-offs have been uh something questionable. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I remember Omar and I tried to play Crystal Chronicles. We were so excited. We had our we had four Game Boy Advances all plugged into the GameCube and it was just hot garbage, you know? Like It
1: wasn't like, hot garbage. It what, wasn't a story. It, what, it was a co-op game. It was it was a, it was it. You it, was, it, was the co-op it was so play. contrived. It, it contrived. Like it, the, only, the only part that sucked ass was somebody's got to uh, move move around the goddamn crystal. That was yeah, the only terrible part.
0: But you needed the Game I, Boy I to I did not have yes. fun.
1: It, oh, right, the the setup was awful. Yes, Dude, one, guy, one guy having to carry the crystal was stupid, right? Yes, those. I think you, the, you did the, not the need Game Boys. Fun. Look, the only game that did the Game Boy well
0: was um the Four Swords Adventures. That Force also sucked ass. there's it no sucked. reason to have four Game Boys. Even that one didn't require the Game Boys. Like, the Game Boys were so useless for anything that. Re-
1: it was just a way to sell Game Boys and the, yes. the kids. you this know This
0: was the start. Okay, of Nintendo was always bad with this, right? But they're they specifically made stuff like games to sell their peripherals. I I always hated that. There was especially when I was younger. that shit was expensive, you know, like Game Boy was like two hundred dollars, the cables were like thirty dollars. Huge scam.
1: Okay, uh, I think this is um Nintendo Nintendo hit peak with this, alright, with the Donkey Konga controllers. Alright. Oh, that was that. that was a scam, alright? It was you for this one like rhythm game, you had to buy these bullshit <laughs> Donkey Konga controllers? Such nonsense. Yeah, Nintendo was really good at fleecing people's money, I gotta say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, if anyone is even remotely interested in Final Fantasy fourteen, do check out that trailer that they released at E3. I thought it was really cool. Watching that trailer actually has me more pumped for uh, Final Fantasy fourteen than ever before. I've seen all the other you know videos up until now, but it was this trailer that got me that got me excited. And I'm hoping I'm probably going to binge through this main story content like within a couple days, probably within the first week the game comes out for sure. So I'm really hyped for that. Can't I wait. just hope they don't screw they don't screw it up, please. Can't wait right. to read don't, the quest. Don't, don't
0: let me down. I don't know, man. You let me know how it goes. I I, uh... I know. I'm not
1: hopeful let's just say that all right i got a bit of a, a bit of an oddball to discuss what is it with the term empyrean Alta, have you heard that term before Imp- wait some of the empires i don't know here i'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna type it out all right i'll type it, I'll out. Type it it's, it's in twitch chat em- empyrean like that right okay and i ask because this last week i've seen this word three times okay so Blade and soul announced an expansion called empyrean shadows this last week right I'm like okay whatever that sounds like a cool word empyrean shadows right and after that warframe Announced their expansion at E3 called Imperium. The second time we used that word Imperium in the same week again, odd. And then we I heard it for a third time today. Altai. There's a new mobile game coming out called uh, Eastward Legends: The Imperium. What is going on? Why Why is this word tossed around three times in one week? And before that, nowhere. Well, first of all, is it a word? Or is I don't
0: it know. is it something made up like like I don't know like a game thing like works. Imperium relating
1: to heaven or the sky. All right,
0: there you go. It really so, work?
1: Yeah, but again, it's so weird to see it used in the Warframe's expansion, uh, Blade and Soul's expansion, and the Chinese mobile game. I just feel like maybe like this Chinese company saw like other games using Imperial, like oh shit, they're using it. We should use it too. Well, that definitely explains why the how, why the Chinese game is using it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so,
1: like that 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 goes without saying. I mean, we've seen this word used in other games, but having three games like use this word within a week is is a bit is a bit odd. It's interesting.
0: It is interesting. I I I, didn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't noticed that.
1: I bet I bet no one's no one's discussing this mobile game, right, boys? This game is uh, it's called JX3 Mobile Empyrean. Uh, Eastward Legends the Empyrean. Look at this! Look at this trailer all the time. All right? Look at this mobile gaming. What do you think? First of all, the only it's a Chinese M R P D and not mobile, so like right off the bat, my my enthusiasm is zero. All right, we're at negative enthusiasm. But I think the art style looks pretty cool, actually. Let me skip by like twenty six seconds. We use some gameplay at like forty, actually.
0: Oh, the, I like the, this,
1: uh, this cartoony look. The car, yeah, the cartoony little, uh, scenery looks nice. <laughs> pretty sure this game is pretty big in China, but we'll see if it makes any kind of success here in the West.
0: Chaos Shield? FF14 story is for... Brainlets. <laughs>
1: nice. Yes. <laughs> Chaos is not a fan of Fantasy 14 story. Almost two years, you're right, dude. Holy shit. TWO YEARS! This game looks cool.
0: cool. At first, I thought it was going to be a, a Duker uh, turn-based game. I mean, but it's now... going
1: to be some Duker autoplay game because it's Chinese, I sure, guess. But it's got
0: a lot of variety of, of uh, autoplay, at least. you know we got. It's very colorful. You know,
1: like, we'll give it that. It's colorful, right? Like here. Uh, so when I saw this part, let's see. Let's go. First of all,
0: the graphics are great. Okay, so I saw this part. I thought it was going to be like this garbage turn-based crap, right? Right here. But then uh, you know, here, more garbage stuff. But then it starts. It's actually got some live action. It's got some nice scenery. Some top down. It's got a lot going on here. A lot going on. I mean,
1: they're building themselves an MMO as well, so it's it's going to be some kind of MMO, uh, and it's definitely coming out in English. And uh, we'll see how it does. It's by it looks like Tencent Games. You had a good
0: article up up I just saw um, recently, Amour, that uh, AVA is shutting down again.
1: Okay, this is probably the funniest thing. I, I somebody mentioned in chat. I didn't notice. I, I didn't even see it till. Uh, somebody mentioned in chat. I think it was Tiv or somebody that mentioned it. The AVA dog is shutting down less than two weeks after launching. I'll two weeks. This game came out in open beta on May 2nd, right? May 2nd. And then by May 15th, boom, they, they were shutting down the servers on May 28th. How is this possible that within two weeks, they went a full 180 and they shut the game down? Come on. Yo, Red Duck, what are you guys doing? All right, MMOS.com will buy this game off you for a thousand bucks. Hit me up, Omer at got Somebody's gotta tell me when their shitty Duker games have shut down. Not really, it's not really an MMORPG, but I'll buy AVA as well. All right. This is where it's at. Look at these graphics. Look, if Crossfire can make a billion dollars, there's no reason
0: AVA, under the tender care of MMOs.com, cannot make a billion dollars as well.
1: Exactly. Now, this game, this I think is like the the fourth or fifth time Alliance of Valiant Arms is shutting down. You know, maybe maybe for once it will be, uh, you know, rest in peace. Maybe let the dead lay. All right, they keep resurrecting this game. They keep bringing it back to life and try to squeeze more, you know, more use out of this one. This game first launched back in 2009 on EG. Remember EG? They had their own launcher. It was called Reactor. I think it was called Reactor. Anyway, back on EG. So once EG shut it down, Area Games picked it up and they relaunched it in 2012. And Area's like, wait a minute. This game shut down. Nobody wants to play this game. Whatever. It sucks. They shut it down. Now, after they shut it down, in mass, the guys behind Terra uh, relaunched it back in 2016. And then, of course... You know they shut down the game as well because no one's playing it. You know, wait, wait a minute, like just because you just cause you take an old dead game and you launch it on your your launcher doesn't mean anyone's going to play it. And then of course now Red Duck picked it up themselves and now they shut it down as well within two weeks of picking it up. So this game's been launched and shut down, launched and shut down so many times. Amazing. Makes no sense. Yeah, th- there was nothing special about this either. I mean, if you're going to make a, ta- a tactical shooter, at least make it. I mean. They could make a tactical shooter like this with anime characters, right? Maybe maybe it'll be a little different, you know? They could they do a lot more with the genre than just a Counter-Strike clone, which is what all these games are trying to do. So, this game is dead. In fact, we have another game that shut down this week, which I think we can all celebrate the shutdown. Uh, Neowiz announced that Bless is shutting down in the West, and I think uh, normally when we say when a game shuts down, it's kind of a sad day, but you know what? I'm glad that Bless is gone, all right? This game, this game was a hot, steaming pile of Duker since it first launched. So, I'm glad to see it finally shutting down. And it's shutting down for goodness, September 8th. And yeah. nobody should be surprised that this no. game is shutting down. We it was a hot garbage. It was a scam.
0: It was, you know, until the last minute, there were some true believers on the Reddit. I remember. So, the day before they announced the Western shutdown, they also mm-hmm. announced that the Japanese server was shut down. So, a day before the Western shutdown. And I remember people on the forums and Reddit were like, "Oh, it's okay. They can just come to the global version on Steam. That's good. It's, it's going to keep going." And then the very next day, boom, also, <laughs> also down. Um, but it was very smart of them because Neowiz has another scam cooking. Okay, and they can't—they can't allow this game to be live while their new scam is, you know, being introduced. And that is Bless Unleashed. So they're going to unleash their scam on the console hordes who don't know about it. They're not immune. They don't have the inoculation. So it is up to us the PC MMO gamers to warn our, uh, console, brethren. Console brethren, Yes. That not to be involved in, you know, bless unleashed and how scummy these guys are. Cause I really think they removed this. So they don't have to, you know, they don't compete or, uh, clash with each other.
1: This is, this is such a scam. It, it really grinds my gears that they just outright lied about fixing the Western version. They said they made the game optimized. None of that shit. And it's, the game is basically bleeding players since it first launched. I think they were they were down to 200 players at any at any given time on Steam alone in this last uh, like the week before the shutdown. So this had to be coming. And like you said, I think they shut it down specifically before the Blessed Unleashed launched on consoles. So it's kind of like a separate game. And so they can they can they can scam people once again on the console version. Maybe because if this game was still running and it was free to play, maybe a lot of console players were like, hey, before I you know try, I'm pretty sure they're selling. Boundary and stuff for the for the console version. Before they try the console version, they'll, they'll play the PC version. But they they want to take that option away so people get scanned on the console version as well.
0: Yep. So um NeoWiz. There you go.
1: Yeah. Uh it's dead though, finally. And good. Good. Screw bless.
0: Yeah, you know this this is a funny game. And it really shows how uh desperate we are for a good MMO. When this game was announced, there were a whole guild a clans. were like going to wholesale move from like wow or whatever to bless and like okay we're gonna bless is gonna be our main game we're gonna go all the way (laughs) Uh, uh, well hold on there first of all it's it's an asian game so it's a big red flag for like a serious guild kind of thing um but you know the the desperation was there and uh it it didn't work didn't, didn't didn't pay out
1: all right i i have a funny story i forgot to mention last week but this game actually entered into um uh it called? they call it Soft Launch now, where it's available in like four countries. So, mobile RPG Legend Fantasy. Now, first of all, have you guys ever heard of an MMORPG with a more generic name than Legend Fantasy? It, it, it is such a terrible name. Legend Fantasy? And, of course, it's not to be confused with a different game called Fantasy Legend, which is a totally different game. Now you have, Fantasy Le- you have Legend Fantasy, which is a different game than Fantasy Legend. And what doesn't help is that they're both mobile MRPGs, Just with the names reversed. <laughs> and of course, it's a Chinese MRPG too, so I think you have all those uh, VIP levels, and all that nonsense too. But I have, I have ne- What a terrible name! And what's even more remarkable is actually, um, like the game boasts three playable classes. Like, really? Is that like one Whoa, of your key features? Three? You're bragging about? You, you have three classes. Really? That's it. I want to show you something even, even funnier too, actually, because I, I, you know, they put out a press release just recently, um, showing off of the other like key features. And they literally put auto, like um, auto, auto navigation as one of their key features. That's important? Yeah, you know, it's one. It's one of the key reasons to play the game. You have three. You have three playable classes and auto navigation. Whoa! You know that's it. What, 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 what do I think to brag about? You know, I actually
0: have three mobile MMORPGs installed on my phone right now. I, I have. Got, I have two. I got Tales of Wind. Oh Dawn my of, god, They game's got the worst voice acting ever. World of Kings and Dawn of Isles. Ooh, I have, I have Dawn of Isles as well. I forgot about that one. So, all of those three, I will say Dawn of Isles by Netties is the best one. What do
1: you think? Alta, have you played it since uh, that one day we played it together? I have. I'm level 21. Really?
0: Yeah. Alta, I played mobile. I played for like,
1: I just played, you do one dungeon a day, you gain like two levels. Yeah. So, it, does it kind of go in the same uh, mold where World of Kings does, where, you know, you log into your dailies and that's it?
0: Yes. Yeah, so there's like no quests. So, the only way to level really is to do, um, the dungeon and then uh that's it and like you can do like a little gathering quest and that's it
1: mm-hmm. uh it's so weird that a lot of like these chinese mrpgs just that's like the gameplay loop they fall into like you just log into your dailies do your dungeon and that's it you know
0: uh big another big actually a fun mobile story this week guys is dodo auto chess finally which is just auto chess launched on mobile uh, i think like a, over a week or so ago mm-hmm. I, I play like one game a night in bed before you know before i sleep and I, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I'm playing casual still because I play, you know, two-player. And it still puts you against bots. But they're not all bots. It, it, there's some, some, real, uh, players. Yeah.
1: So there's some real players. I hate that. I hate that mobile games, and a lot of games now, are putting you against bots without telling you. Yep. It's it's I, I know PUBG Mobile did it. I know um, Paladins did it on Steam. When you play a game online, and it puts you against bots, and it doesn't tell you they're bots, it's frustrating. I want to play against real players. I don't want to play against no bots. All right? And they're just tricking me into it, it's frustrating
0: yeah it is it's very
1: deceptive and i, I it makes you want to uninstall the game i don't want to play against bots it is odd too because uh when you open the game it gives you two
0: options i'm new to this kind of game or i'm a pro like i'm coming mm-hmm. from i'm coming from the pc version right and mm-hmm. so i clicked you know, i know i know how to play i'm pro and it still gets me bots uh, that that i never got you know
1: so mm-hmm. yeah. like it was, it's remarkable how successful that is though because i think a lot of chinese games started that um and that like that process i know when a uh, pub mobile launched a lot of people I saw posting on their Twitter page, again, like, oh, I came in first place on my first PUBG mobile game. I'm so good. And I see a lot of people tweeting that. I'm like, wait, a minute, do you guys not realize they're bots? Because the first time I played, I realized in the first, like, three minutes I'm playing as bots because they're aiming so poorly. So I realized they're bots, but I guess other people didn't realize and that they were very proud of themselves. So in a way, there's a, there's a, there's a benefit to players, but it's, like, almost like unearned, like victory. But like, they don't know it's unearned. So is it actually unearned if you don't know it's unearned? These people are feeling good about themselves and they, shouldn't, right? they should have. How dare feel, they? They should not feel good about themselves or beating bots, right? They have to know. We got to take that feeling of good away from them. It's undeserved, all right? What do we do, boys?
0: But uh, for those of you who do play auto chess, it is worth trying the mobile version. Uh, it depends on your phone size, I think. I think I have the XS, right? The larger one. And yeah. it, it works pretty well. Everything is kind of visible. You can kind of drag the pieces on easily. But uh, I know people played it on smaller phones and they have a harder time, you know, reading and seeing everything, so... Your uh, results may vary there. They're making uh, auto-chess on PC as well now. A separate auto-chess game, right? Yeah, well, there's a whole lot of auto-chess news this week, guys. So this mm-hmm. game you're seeing right now is by the guys who made the original Dota 2 mod. They are also working on a PC version of the exact same game you're looking at for Epic Game Launcher Exclusive. So this company, Dodo or something, is going to mm-hmm. work on a PC version of this game. At the same time, Valve is working on an official Dota version, standalone Auto chess called Underworld, Dota Underworld, or something. And then, that, and, and on top of that, League of Legends is getting on the game. There's a League of Legends auto chess game coming out. Did he write that anymore
1: Yeah, you looked at me in the story of the other day. So, even League is jumping on the auto chess bandwagon where they're making their own in game mode for auto chess. And it's not a surprise. I mean, it makes sense because when you first started looking at auto chess on Dota 2, it would bring in like 200,000 plus players at any given time, which is crazy. You know, like, we, we, I've seen Dota Auto Chess at peak hours over 250k players just playing Auto Chess on Dota 2. I mean, those are impressive numbers. Very few games can get that kind of concurrent player-based numbers. And literally, uh, a mod for Dota 2 was able to do it. So that it spawned a lot of these knockoffs, these these clones.
0: Yeah, so I think this is... A, it's, um, yeah, we've been saying it for a while. A lot of these big genres start as mods. You know, Counter, Counter-Strike started as a mod. Uh, Dota Battle started Royale started off as mod. Dota started,
1: MOBA yeah. started, yeah. Tower Defenses. All these games started as mods for you know various other games. Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, I think Riot is a smart company. Because uh, Riot came up with a term that stuck for the genre label, which was MOBA, mm-hmm. right? Before that, mm-hmm. they were called... I don't know what they were called. Like, Dota was Right. Yeah, AOS. Or sometimes they were just called, like... I don't know. Dota don't Games. Know, yeah, Dota Games. i even seen the term RTS just used for uh, Dota Games. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so, League was smart. They came up with a term called MOBA. It stuck and they're trying to do the same thing here. Their uh, auto chess version, they're gonna call it a uh, auto battler.
1: So it's an auto battler. So not chess. We'll it's, see if it sticks. It's gotta stick because chess is so stupid. it's nothing to do with chess, you know? What's remarkable is even like this idea for Dota Auto Chess. If anybody, if anybody remember playing uh, Pokemon Defense on Warcraft 3, it was a custom map. It was the OG auto chess. I mean, Dota Auto Chess is literally just Pokemon Defense on Warcraft 3. It was a custom map that's somewhat popular. I'm pretty sure it was made by some Korean developers. And it's actually a really good map. and it's, all, all Auto Chess did was take that and kind of like play with the numbers a bit with different characters. So even Auto Chess is not really original. But there are so many good ideas that are still, that, that, that come from Warcraft 3 custom maps or StarCraft custom maps that basically can make it as their own standalone game.
0: Oh yeah, there's still, uh, there's still an untapped mine, a vein of uh, nuggets of gold in the mm-hmm. Warcraft 3 uh, custom ecosystem so if you're I know there's a couple of people in chat um I've talked to before who want to be game designers or developers and if you want like a place to begin download Warcraft 3 and just play the custom games you know the tower defenses the different variety of you know this kind of games there's still so many sub-genres waiting to be discovered a way mm-hmm. to be turned into like a standalone nice game uh, that can make you know be the next big thing
1: I mean I'm contented. yeah that's true I mean even Legion TD uh, was a popular Starcraft 2 and Warcraft 3 map and now it's um it's a standalone game on Steam, and they're selling for 19.99. I mean, I, I don't think they sold a crazy amount of their games copies, but you know, I'm, I'm sure if we look at the that website, it tells you. I mean, I'm sure they sold a decent amount. There are still so many games out there that you can make a standalone title. Anyone that makes a standalone infos, uh, team defense, well, I think will make money, whether it's on mobile or PC. There's there's, there's still so many kinds of games you can discover through uh, you know mods on Warcraft three, even Starcraft two now.
0: Indeed, which is uh, I I think to Val's credit, you know. They um, allowed people to make these custom games in Dota, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not every company is this, you know, is at that open about it. You know, like you know League. I don't think there's any way to make a mod for League. No, no. Um, even for Blizzard, right? Blizzard probably gained the most from uh, mods, right? For yeah. of three StarCraft one, but in StarCraft two, there's some mods too. But uh, in Overwatch, they're kind of tinkering with it, but it's more like game modes, not really like a custom. Yeah, you editor. can't import custom yeah. like
1: skins into the game, and maybe if it takes off, they will. Like They might add it later, but if you can import your own like models, I think you can do a lot more. It's very limited what you can do. It's very much like, uh, they, they basically set the rules for what you can make. And we've seen games that embrace this do well. I mean, Roblox, I think, just came out and they said they made $750 million now all the time, which is great. I mean, they're doing better and better every year. I mean, Roblox is killing it with custom content. User-created content.
0: Indeed. So, yeah, there's um, it's a good place to start. It's a custom game, by the way, if you know, for those uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: wannabe game devs out there.
1: All right, we got to mention one more MO news uh, that came out recently around E3 time. I think Nova Quark announced this last week that uh, they raised $11.2 million for dual universe online. So this game is going places, I'll tell you. It's not like, it's not just vaporware. I mean, I, I never really took this game too seriously because it always seemed kind of like really ambitious and I do not think anything's going to happen with it. But they raised $11 million this last week. I saw and that. that yeah. yeah, that brings their fundraising up to $22.6 million, including crowdfunding. So they raised, I think, like a $1 million on crowdfunding, which is not a lot, but I mean, for crowdfunding, it's a lot, but like to make a game, it's not a lot. So the total funding is up to $22.6 million. With that kind of money, they doubled their funding this last week, so maybe they'll have to make something. But they're trying to make this game that players can create their own content and, and insert their own code into the game. Yep. Almost like a second lifestyle game, but with more actual and more elements. So second life, but with more actual gameplay is my my understanding of what they're trying to do. I mean, it sounds interesting, but I don't know. Until I play, I'm, I can't quite wrap my head around what, what it's supposed to be. It's very ambitious. It's very ambitious. Like a, I, I, like to think of it as
0: Minecraft for adults, um, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously, it's—I don't know—it's got a while to go. And I think Second Life is actually probably a good um, mm-hmm. comparison. Sci-fi, realistic-looking y people. Still far away, though. I think.
1: Still far away. Yeah, they're they're, they're not anywhere close to release just yet. And I mean, the idea that players can create all their own content in the game—that part sounds interesting. Which is very much Second Life-esque. And they want to be able to support like so many players on a single server i mean very ambitious at least they're trying something different it's not just another like lol another wow clone you know or just lol another battle rail mm-hmm. game you know i'm so tired of random ass battle rail games random ass you know wow clones and at least they try something different so good for them yep
0: they pretty much matched what they raised on kickstarter uh back in 2008. Mm-hmm. um but i i think the problem is even, even there's a lot of money 11 million right and mm-hmm. I, Zen exile you think in chat with 15 million you can make it a great MMORPG I don't think so I'm gonna I'm gonna doubt that too these are these are very expensive you know games to make especially if you want it to be look good you know, the 3d assets you know all these things cost a mm-hmm. lot of money so I think they gonna have to keep raising money
1: yeah I'm sure I mean Star Citizen has raised 150 million or something now and they're still not they're still not quite done yet so
0: guarantee well We'll all right,
1: there you go. I'll tell you. Just give Zen Exile fifteen million dollars, and you can make the best MO ever. All right. You got the you got the Zen Exile guarantee. I mean, this is one of the big announcements at our at our E3. Which I mean, first of all, the, the probably my most hype announcement at E3, uh, besides Final Fantasy XIV, was the Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean, come on, Final Fantasy VII was the first GRPG my brother and I played. In fact, it was the first PS1 game we played, and we thought the graphics were amazing. When we first launched that game, we like, oh my god, this is like so pretty. And honestly, it was it was I remember when we first bought our PS1 and we we're playing Final Fantasy 7, we didn't like realize you had to buy a memory card to save your game. So we we we, we <laughs> yeah. played Final Fantasy 7 for like three hours, and we were like leave the game open because we couldn't save. So like we go to school, we come back, we keep playing, right? And like like, Dad, don't turn off the PS1. And like one day we came back home our PS1 was turned off and we lost all our save data obviously because we never had a, we never game card My dad turned it off so we bought a game card eventually but it was just a huge hassle to play through like 4 hours i think we i think we played through like twice the first like 4 hours of that game but regardless it was our first jRPG it was the first PS1 game we've played and uh, it's still very nostalgic for me so watching that that, that trailer at uh, E3 i was hype i want to play you know some some of the voice lines are really corny in combat but you know it's coming out soon, too, so I'm, I'm 100% buying it. Yeah, and but but they're going to release it in, like, what, two or three uh, copies? Well, well, they said, uh, well, the first game is only going to be Midgard. I mean, the game is obviously much larger than just Midgard, right? So, yeah. And they, I think the people were asking Square Enix, okay, how many games is it going to be? And they said, we honestly can't answer that question yet because they're just trying to figure out the scope for the second game right now. Well, So at the minimum, it's two or it could be three, more even.
0: If it's just Midgar, did they extend it? Like, is there extra content? Because I, from what I remember, my memory could be off here. Uh, the, the, you know, until you leave Midgar, it's not that. It's like maybe like what six hours or something in the game, maybe less.
1: Midgar remember? was only Midgar was not a huge part of the game. Yet. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, perhaps did they expanded some of it, made it more detailed? I mean, who knows how many games going to be? Because obviously, once you leave Midgar, there's so much more to Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm really hyped for it. I mean, it's probably one of the mo- it's, it's probably the next, it's probably the only, only non, like, probably the only console game I'm hyped for right now. They also obviously teased the Final Fantasy 8 remaster, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too hyped for that, even though I enjoy playing Final Fantasy 8, but it's just you know, an HD remaster, better graphics. But I am super hyped for FF7 remake.
0: Yeah. Actually, there was a lot of stuff on the console slash you know, non MMO front at E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's another Age of Empires version coming out, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. So this is not the HD remaster, but a whole new version coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll probably end up buying that, too, because I'm still a big Age of Empires 2 fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, The new uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, which we showed a little bit in the pregame, looks great. New Tales game got announced. Omar and I love that series, too.
1: Tales of Arise. Now, I'm actually not sold on Tales of Arise. I mean, I love the Tales franchise, the series. But it, this doesn't really look like a Tales game. This looks like uh, they just slapped something together on Unreal Engine, and it, it really shows. It looks like an Unreal Engine game, and and obviously we don't know a lot about the game yet. But it does. I don't. Like, are they going to fit multiplayer in here? Because it's like real time combat where there's like you're just kind of battling on the on the screen. You're not like going to a random encounter scene. If they don't have multiplayer, which I think is a signature part of the Tales series. It's going to be a deal-breaker for me.
0: Yep, I agree. With no multiplayer, no no reason to
1: play. We, 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 don't, we don't know that yet, obviously. They I didn't know. say there's any multiplayer with that multiplayer. I'm hoping there is going to be multiplayer. But it, it, it doesn't look like a Tales game. I mean, I actually really like the anime art style of uh I did too. I of, did too. Tales games.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it's just they, stuck did, with the anime style.
1: Their formula works, you know? And, and this looks actually... Yes, I, it looks different, right? But it looks more bland. It looks more soulless. Like this weird, like, mix of part, anime look with the with the Western look. I don't know. It's a very weird look for Tales. I mean... I, if it's got multiplayer i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it and try it anyway but not super excited only because the look is is weird i mean i don't know i, I love the anime look for the game and actually uh, i remember uh tales of Bers- uh, tales of Berseria, which is the one we played most recently we got the, uh, that one you you played as a uh, what's your name velvet which is i think was that the only tales game where you play as a female character
0: well as a, as a main character you mean it's a main character yeah oh. as a main
1: character the main character is there any of the tales games with the main character being female
0: well, technically, you can make any character player one. And oh, yeah, yeah, and
1: yeah, game yeah, game yeah. And I'm not talking about For, for, actually. Yeah, probably. What about Grace's F? Did you play a female character in that? Was the main character? No.
0: No, it was uh, well, Hugo or something, right? No, well, Hugo's. No.
1: Oh. <laughs> you, no. H- Hubert was like not even with you after a while. Yeah, Hubert's was, he was brother, right? As Yeah, he, he was his brother, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think actually, uh, that was one of the only Tales games where you play as a female character, as an MC. Look how progressive the Tales franchise is. All right, isn't she like a demon trying to destroy the world? Uh,
0: so no, not.
1: bad, uh, bad. So her character design—I still maintain—Tales um, of Berseria, Velvet from Tales of Berseria. Her design is like—I really think this is like what the—it's a fantasy of like what a thirteen-year-old boy has. Of, of like, look at this character design. I mean, some people say it looks cool, but like, this is like the ultimate like thirteen-year-old boy fantasy. It looks so ridiculous. Only do all that. Yeah, it's
0: like uh, her her clothes is very strategically ripped, you know.
1: Yes, very strategically a lot, ripped.
0: A lot of belts for some reason, you know, like on her thigh there, like three belts, mm-hmm. going with the mm-hmm. Final Fantasy aesthetic. I see.
1: Of course. Maximum, Maximum protection, hundred percent. There's a lot of oh, she's got a lot of belts. One, yes, two, yes. three, four, five, six, seven. A, no i count nine belts could be more the belts are you know, the belt grpg meme i'm a fan too many belts too many belts <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff to look forward to uh, for 2020
0: oh my me, i don't think you've seen this one so Omar, they're remaking a different uh old school game as a,
1: as a mobile game yeah i heard i heard about it oh heard this you i heard this I heard. I, I heard about it. I didn't actually see the trailer. yet. Commander Keen. I this cannot is one of believe we played on DOS.
0: Yes, When I played this before. Before we even had like Windows, it was like DOS. It was a DOS game. It's a boot up DOS. It was, mm-hmm. it was hilarious. It had the beep boop noises because there was like no sound card or something. It was like eight sounds: like beep boop,
1: beep boop. <laughs> this is a hard game,
0: but this is a dumb version. Like, it, it doesn't even look like the original like uh, platformer. Rip. Are we gonna show some gameplay? What's going on here?
1: It's uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't know how much cachet Commander Keen has. I don't know, right? But uh, you know, what are the likes of dislikes on this video?
0: Oh, I mean, a lot of dislikes. Yeah, it just got dislike bomb, which I don't I don't get. Look, okay, they're just using it's it's a totally like unrelated mobile game, right? Just using mm-hmm. the name, but it doesn't mean you got to hate on it. Like it's it's not it's not a platformer. It's like a little. Uh, are people
1: upset that maybe Bethesda just didn't show off anything good that the, the, and they got Commander Keen instead? Like they were hoping for something real. And they got this instead?
0: I think part of it... Just I, 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 think, I think it's Bethesda. That's why. There's that's part of research, it. Yeah. That's part of it, yeah. Well, I think they, it's a they, big part of it. Also, people feel like um, it's kind of like not doing justice to an old p- uh, uh, series. Like, uh, I know EA got a lot of hate when they released a mobile version of uh, Command & Conquer. This weird, mm-hmm. like, mobile-style Command & Conquer game.
1: Maybe Commander Keen fans are this... Are, are there really a lot of Commander Keen fans? <laughs> I mean, again, my brother, I played Commander Keen like years ago when he liked it. But, like... I don't know if I can ever be qualified as a Commander Keen fan. You know, are, are yeah. there? Are
0: there? Is there a fan? I haven't <laughs> met anybody who was like emotionally attached to Commander Keen. Like we played it. We all played it. You know, yeah. Of my generation, right? We all played it. It was a fun game. It was the first platformer, probably I played on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, I had like I, w- I wasn't like drawing pictures of Commander Keen and like hanging over my bed. Like I, uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know who was this inv- invested. Somebody. You, somebody's got to be that invested. All right. I guess
0: so. I
1: like, what would compel you to downvote
0: a trailer for a mobile cartoon game, uh, because it has like a thirty-year-old character in it? That when you played a, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't, <laughs> know. I don't know. People, people get very emotionally invested, and uh, to each their own. <laughs> Commander Keen, my true love.
1: <laughs> Somebody, somebody's writing an some erotic fan fiction for Commander Keen now. You know it, all right. All right, I got a useless stat for you. You ready for it? Right, what do you got? Uh, how much do you think the average millennial spends on video games every month?
0: The average millennial video games per month. I'm going to give you the super
1: data report there, you can show if you want.
0: I'm going to guess before I click, though. Okay.
1: Well, you click Looking at and download anyway. That's why. Oh,
0: to download. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. Download. All
1: right. You guys can guess in chat, too. The average millennial, how much they spend on games?
0: I'm going to guess a month. Every month. $50. That's my guess. $50.
1: All right, the number is a hundred and twelve. What seems a bit high? it Definitely does, seems a bit high. Is it per household or per? No, it's just per. It's a. It's What? Well, look at. Look, look at. Look at the. Look at the presentation I sent you. All right. All right. We out. We can look at it and then call out the bullshit.
0: All right. We're gonna call out some bullshit here, boys.
1: This is the Nielsen Millennials Gaming Consumption Survey. Now, first of all, millennials. What, what grinds my gears right away on this on this presentation is slide number three. Where they say 48% of gamers are actually female. Like, this is such a useless statistic. Yes, if you want to look at gamers as such a broad term, where it's literally anyone who has, like, who ever played, like, Bejeweled on their phone, yeah, okay, that's fine. But this gender breakdown, you really have to, I think, break it down a bit further to get anything useful out of it, where, like, hardcore gamers, people that play console games regularly, or people that play mobile games. Because if you look at the stats, like, female gamers play, like, candy, like, uh, match-three, bejeweled-like games like, 10 to 1 to compared to men. It's like, they're mostly playing much more casual games. So this, it's really frustrating to see them always kind of, like, clumped up together.
0: I'm, uh, I'm failing here. One sec.
1: Did that download for you?
0: Oh, it downloaded. But, uh, everything's going haywire.
1: Everything's going haywire, boys.
0: What is going on?
1: We're losing Altai, boys. We're losing him.
0: What is this?
1: PDF uh, broke your PC? I.
0: Okay. I wonder if anyone else has this problem with OBS, boys. Okay? The, the window
1: capture just changes on its own. Maybe.
0: Listen, listen.
1: Apparently, right. guys, 46% of millennials have children. Oof.
0: All right. Here we go. I, I fixed it. Alright, kind All of. Right. Except, except now you are also a millennial logo. Okay.
1: Okay, whatever. Just, just just, scroll down to slide 3 is where we're looking at.
0: Okay, slide 3. Here we go. You guys look at this while I fix my stream here.
1: Alright. 2% of uh, people in the are were other and prefer not to say. They, they do not identify with the gen- gender binary. I think they're trying to be cool. Yeah? Is, is it cool these days to say uh, you're neither? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Really? though? they are asking like millennials. They're not asking like like twelve-year-olds. that like want to be cool. No. Millennials today are not like twelve. They're older. So like the idea that it's cool to not do that—I I don't think it really affects our age group too much.
0: Oh, I think it does. I think it does. Let's see, how do I get Hangouts? Here we go. We're back. We're back, boys. Omar's back. All right. All right. Now I'm gone though.
1: Anyway, let's keep scrolling down this list. Go, go to page four. Here we go, Altai. Millennials love mobile games. You hear that, guys? You hear that? Millennials love mobile games. How many of you guys love mobile games? You all gotta love mobile games. Look at the gaming device use. Look at PC, boys. We're down to 30%. And the next generation, Gen Z, we're down to 25%. Everyone's playing on mobile, apparently. I'm not surprised. All right, scroll down to the next one. Share of players useless stat. Most people play multiplayer games, as we can see. Not Gen X, though. Gen X wants to play solo games. So you can see on the next page, uh, this is where the stack comes from. The
0: money spent. All right, here we go. Let's see this. The money spent. So let's look at totals here. Okay. So what are the categories first? We got full physical game purchase, full digital game purchase, gaming subscriptions, additional in-game content. And so let's look at it together here. Mm Mm-hmm. Gen X, okay. So millennials are these hundred eleven dollars a month. Yeah, about, about millennials
1: spend about one hundred twelve dollars a month, boys, on games.
0: Is this monthly? Typical month.
1: Yeah, read it, read it on the left side. And a typical month as well, it says beneath the where the categories are. Hmm. So it seems to, that seems a bit high for me too, but I don't know. It's pretty crazy. So on average, people are spending twenty two dollars on uh, like microtransactions. another uh, you know, like twenty bucks on gaming subscription services. For me, like my my monthly gaming budget spend is really my Final Fantasy 14 subscription and maybe like maybe a five dollar game movement. No, and your humble bundle
0: subscription. Yep,
1: yeah, yes, yeah, so you're right. I, $10 I forgot about budget. that. I do. I did forget about my humble bundle. So th- that's it. And honestly, I, I don't I don't remember the last time I bought a full budget sixty dollar game. Probably the last time I bought a full budget six dollar game was Persona Five. No, well, no, that's a lie with uh Smash Ultimate. That's it. All right, Smash Ultimate was my last and that's like the only game I have on Switch, and the only game I play on Switch. I don't think Amazon Prime counts as a you know gaming spend, though.
0: Let's see. Uh, Do they break it down by, by uh,
1: platform? I don't think so. No. And the next few slides are talking about like where people watch like gaming video content, which is kind of useless. Yeah. Actually, if you scroll down to um, page nine, it's interesting too. Spending on GVC, game video content. So it looks at uh, millennials. The average millennial who spends money on uh, Twitch, what is the average spend, can you guess, on Twitch for each for millennials that spend money on Twitch?
0: For, what are page numbers on this?
1: Bottom right. Where else would page numbers be? I
0: hate this PDF, by the way. I got to tell you guys. All right. All right. millennials pa- financially support their favorite GVC creators hear that guys support your GVC that's what I am all right on my resume it says GVC, GVC
1: creator. creator there you go I'll tie. that's
0: how old that's how out of touch these um Nielsen people are who the heck calls it a GVC
1: creator much love Kit Kat. <laughs> thank you Hell for supporting
0: yeah. our GVC thank you for supporting creation.
1: your GVC creators boys so it says uh apparently $27 a month on donations and another $29 a month on subscriptions so if remember, these are the people that actually spend money. It, it, it uh, average don't include those who spend nothing. So all the people that spend money on subscriptions and donations, about sixty bucks a month. That's a lot of money. Sixty bucks a month.
0: I, I don't believe these numbers. I'm telling you.
1: You ain't buying. You ain't buy what Nielsen's selling you. No, I don't. I don't buy this. Wait, I'll tell these these are these stats exclude anyone who spends nothing. So it counts only people that do spend money. Okay. You I don't guess. believe it then?
0: Hmm. Okay, here's a question. Does it count people who do the spending via Amazon Prime?
1: I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay,
0: if it counts the Prime people, then it's just bullshit. But if it's if it doesn't count the Prime people, because it, it's not just people using their one free sub, then okay, then I can believe it.
1: Well, I mean, people do spend money. Like All the people that watch Twitch, there are people that watch Twitch a lot. I mean, I know Alta, you and I me mean, don't watch Twitch that much, but like the average person, like the average Twitch viewer, how long do you think they spend on Twitch a day?
0: I mean, a lot, because they just leave it on, though, like uh, on a separate monitor. Like, I right.
1: think, look, sometimes they leave it on, right, obviously. But, like, other times they're paying attention. It's really hard to make the distinction. Okay, what the, what the, the average numbers? Twitch viewer is at 95 minutes per day on average. I that's not bad. It. No,
0: I can believe it, yeah.
1: And I bet the number's only going up. Like, I, I know people that watch Twitch all the time. Like, they literally always have Twitch open on their monitor. And some people, like, watch it for, like, hours and hours a day.
0: Yeah. So Ray, Rezu says what I'm I'm thinking. Uh, people just kind of leave it on, uh, and just mm. do their own thing. Dude, I'm watching you guys on the side. while say uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's fine. But I really don't think people are just watching like intently, like one one stream or like one. I I, I don't think people have the mindset these days or the attention span. Even I don't. Like when I'm watching a YouTube video, all right. You guys want to know the one reason I don't watch Twitch more? Why? Here's why. Because you got to watch it at one X speed. When I watch mm-hmm. YouTube, I'm working. You can attest to this. I watch it not just uh, 2x video, but 2.5 times speed. Almost everything I watch on YouTube, I watch at 2.5 speed now. I, d- I don't have to, when, when I when I have to watch like a uh, Twitch streamer like talk normally. Like, hey guys, today we're gonna play Smash Brothers. I, mean, I can't watch that. Like, Jesus!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up! You know? Gotta go fast. Gotta go <laughs> fast. I'll just consume his media quick. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what's keeping me from watching uh, Twitch. Everyone talking too slow. That's the only reason I don't watch more Twitch i am am a I'm a 1.75x kind of guy on YouTube at least that's that, that's my number i going anything beyond 2x is un, unwieldy for me even sometimes I go to 1.5x depending on the who I'm listening to but otherwise 1.75x ADHD superpower there you go I'll tell you a cokehead <laughs>
0: <laughs> never done coke I just think people talk too slow
1: that is one my pet peeves and people talk really slowly but usually it's older people that talk slowly. There you go. A lot of people say that Kato, that I speak too fast, but uh, they just gotta listen faster. All right, they gotta they got they gotta hear better.
0: It's a silent you drank. Yeah, I guess my 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 was just coked up.
1: I'm there with you guys. People gotta go 1.25x IRL. There you go, Express Six. Uh, one day maybe. Uh, Neru Chujano. Do
0: you speak? Uh- I
1: watch Omar's, oh, yeah. I
0: watch Omar's mm-hmm. weekly news updates at 2x speed. Not 2.5, though, for that one. But 2x. Damn.
1: Questioning that shit. We got anything else, Alte?
0: Anything else? Well, uh, one thing we didn't uh, mention with the Google Stadia thing was uh, Destiny announced also they're going free-to-play, at least the yep. first base game. Um, but, you know, I don't know they'd be giving that game out like, like, like candy uh listen yeah
1: when your game is on uh humble bundle you know it's going free to play so i know the moment i saw destiny 2 on a uh, humble bundle i knew it was gonna go free to play so no surprise that it's gonna go free to play all right and with that we'll take yep. to the post game maybe
0: yeah, we have more nonsense in the post game yep take care guys
1: take care for you too peace